Hello and welcome to the Even Stevens Ranked Podcast, the podcast for all things Even Stevens. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 4, What'll Idol Do? Uh, this one premiered originally July 8th, 2000. Uh, was written by Mindy Morgenstern and Terry Maloney Haley and directed by Allison Liddy Brown, which, jumping right into a first little point I had, both the writers and director only worked on this one episode and All About Yvette. Yep, those are literally the only ones. Yep. And I'm not a big fan of All About Yvette, but uh, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think they must be part of the Eric Van Lowe camp, as we've talked about before, since this is one of the first six episodes. And yeah, like I feel like all these first six have a very similar feel. Mm. They're really rough, kind of like when you watch them, they feel, I don't want to say unpolished, but like kind of. And they're all pretty much one plot point, I think. Like there's not a lot of subplots. Like you really find the subplots in the later episodes, but these Mm. ones are basically one plot the entire time. Yeah, this one it's actually kind of cool because there are two plots technically, yeah. but they flow seamlessly that mm-hmm. it feels like one plot. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the first dual plot in a way that we've gotten so far mm-hmm. in the sense that there's like a Ren plot and a Lewis plot. Like we haven't really gotten that yet. Speaking of the plot, uh, the synopsis of this episode on IMDb says, Lewis puts his family under surveillance when a prized videotape recording goes missing. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because that's literally only half of the story. <laughs> like, there's there's literally a whole other part to the story that is really yeah. kind of the main story. Yeah, it really is the main story, yeah. So I want to read my little synopsis on my <laughs> review because I don't know, when I wrote it, I thought I was being hilarious but I don't know. So I said, uh, Ren gets a pre-high school mentor, is that really necessary? Named June Marie. She's clearly evil and fake as a $3 bill, but Ren thinks she's the cat's pajamas because of her scholastic accomplishments. Meanwhile, Lewis is obsessing over someone stealing one of his beloved VHS tapes of an SNL episode, and you know how much I love Lewis the Aspiring Comedian, dot dot dot, smiley face. And on the subject of that, uh, Mm -hmm. Lewis the Aspiring Comedian, this episode is number three in production, which we talked about in our last recording, our last episode. And I actually changed my mind on what I said. I had said that I liked seeing Take My Sister Please back to back with Steven's jeans more than this one. But I changed my mind because I think they should have kept this in production order instead of switching it around. I think this Mm. should have been episode three, actually, because in Steven's jeans, Lewis decides that he likes being funny. And then this episode kind of gives that idea room to breathe. Yeah. He's kind of like, we'll, we'll get to the opening scene, but in the first scene, we see him reading a book called The Art of the Joke. So he's doing research into comedy, you know, kind of working at getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to have Take My Sister Please come after this one, it'd be like, okay, like, I got this. Like, I'm ready to bring it to the talent show now. Yeah, it'd make more sense, I think. Because before I had thought that changing... It from production order made more sense. But now I think that keeping it in production yeah, order. Yeah, keeping it how it was. And like they had, they had it on the right track. But yeah. uh, I like it because, yeah, it puts it into context his comedic aspirations and shows kind of like who he's looking up to. And because like in the Take My Sister, you know, he thanks Adam Sandler and he thanks mm-hmm. Chris Rock in, the, in his acceptance mm-hmm. speech. But this one, like you actually see his influences. You see like uh, visually see it and we'll get into it. But mm-hmm. yeah. 
As far as our rankings go for this episode, I have this one ranked at number 35, and this is your number 14. Yeah, it's. I think it's in my top five season one episodes for sure. Take My Sister was my number 14, <laughs> yeah. which was the last thing we did, the last episode, uh, and now this is your 14, so that's kind of funny. I know, it's kind of weird. Like, this is sort of another gap, obviously, between our decision here. Um, but there's only like 21 or so episodes mm. separating our ranking. 35 for me is not a bad spot. Like, you know, oh, yeah, 35 is a great spot. Yeah. Like it's kind of like right in the middle, sort of it's, it's a neutral to above average slot, I would say. Yeah. Cause once my list gets to like the top 25, that's all stellar in my opinion, 45 to like 25 is just neutral. And then the closer it gets to 25, it's like above average. Yeah, there are different tiers to mine as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what I have at 35. And I mean, I'm not going to say what it is yet, but it's a uh, it's a good episode. In your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually your number one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yep. So we'll get into that, obviously, once we get to that. But we won't get to that for a while. Oh, man, that's going to be... A convo. Yeah, so general, more some more uh, general thoughts. When I, I was reading over my review that I did, and for me, at least when I wrote the review, I said that it's incredibly slow paced. Mm-hmm. It's pretty slow. I remembered writing my review and almost reconsidering putting it at 35 and putting mm-hmm. it lower because I was like, this was really slow when I wrote the review. But when I watched it again last night, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. And then sort of reconsidered putting it higher than 35. But then I was like, no, because like I just said, 35 is a fine spot. And then also for a Ren-centric episode, for the most part, it's really good. Yeah. Obviously, Lewis is my favorite character and your favorite character. So I typically really like uh, episodes that center around him. But this also is a good Lewis plot. Yeah. As well as a solid Ren 1-2 when they go together. It's really good. And I think that's why what makes the slowness a little bit more worthwhile is because there are kind of two plots in a sense. And because they work so well together, it kind of picks the pace up a little bit. And I mean, it's a testament to how good this episode is, in my opinion, because even though it's slow, there aren't really any lulls. I think it's a great episode. And another thing, which I think is definitely related to Eric Van Lowe and his whole little mm-hmm. team, is that this is another episode with a one-off character. I know, yeah. Almost pretty much every episode has had... Four out of the six episodes that yeah. they did are one-off characters. So we have the premiere with Ernie Morton. We have this one. The next episode is all about Yvette, which is all about Yvette. Yeah. Uh, and then episode six, we have Blake Thompson. And yeah, and then... So I, I just thought that was was really really weird uh, and who knows about steven's genes i mean like they might have intended to make larry a one-off or like ivan a one-off and then well maybe probably not larry but i mean ivan for sure maybe maybe they try to make him a one-off and but he wasn't like the center of it oh i see what you're saying like someone who's like the center yeah like if they point. developed steven's genes more that trevor dunn guy probably would have been a <laughs> yeah, one-off Tre- character yeah, you know he's, i mean he's a pretty big character in the, uh, the context of the episode but yeah, yeah not a, he wasn't a main character at all no there aren't too many laughs here as i was watching it last night i really i didn't really laugh that much and so it was really difficult for me to find a best quote because like you said in our last recording the the quotes you want to pick for best quote are the ones that make you laugh you yeah. know it's, it's it's this is a tough one there aren't really any a lot of clearly defined jokes it's mm-hmm. more of just 
Lewis being super enjoyable to watch. I think this is the first episode of where I really see myself starting to, as a kid, like watching it, like morph my personality into where Lewis was and trying to be like him. Right. Um, and I've probably seen this episode probably more than any other Even Stevens episode. I've written in my notes, too, that I remember it very, very clearly. Yeah, this one or Swap.com. I think these are, those are like the two I've seen the most. So I think I think that's everything then yeah. for the... For the general thoughts, so let's jump into the plot points. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. So this one opens with Lewis skipping dinner to read, which is incredible. (laughs) And that's something that I love, 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 again, about season one Lewis. He is literally skipping dinner to read up on comedy. He's reading this Mm. book, like I said already, The Art of the Joke, uh, which is funny because I'm such a weird person who likes to collect things from my favorite things. So I've searched this hoping that it's a real book, but it's not. I really wanted to buy this book if it was real. (laughs) When I was a kid, I saw a book called How to Be Funny. And I mm-hmm. bought it. It was the closest thing to what Lewis had in this. <laughs> and I just bought it. I still have the. I still have that book to the, to this day. So Lewis is reading uh, this book, and Eileen yells up to him. Uh, this was a little piece of my trivia, but I have another part of this as well. But Eileen says Lewis Anthony Stevens. I think that's like the first and only time they say his whole name. I don't know if it's the only time. Maybe it is, but it's definitely the first time I wrote that down as well. My son's middle name is Alan. Part of me toyed with the idea. Anthony, you were going to go all the way. <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, I got I to I have, go all have the, way. the same middle name as me. And it, it's weird how like Anthony is kind of shows up again, like Stephen Anthony Lawrence. That was going to be my trivia. But yeah, like there's Stephen Anthony Lawrence. And then Larry's name is Lawrence it's Anthony Beal. Anthony Beal. It's weird. I'm like, what in the he- Like what? Why does Beal and, and Lewis have the same middle name? <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's so bizarre. Like I, it's, it is really it's weird. such a weird detail. You think Matt Dearborn's middle name is Anthony maybe? I don't know. We got to save that question for the follow-up interview. (laughs) So yeah, so Lewis is missing dinner to read this book. It cuts back down to the Stevens family having dinner while Lewis is in his room. And Ren is talking up this girl, June Marie. She's like, oh my God, June Marie's coming over tonight. You know, she's my pre-high school mentor. Oh my God. She thinks this girl is the greatest thing to ever happen to the world and to her life. And, you know, she's saying how much she's going to help her when she gets to high school, you know. Uh, And I love how Eileen is like, Ren, it's not like you're a loser. Because I'm like, she's (laughs) Ren Stevens, like the overachiever to end all overachievers. And she's in awe of this June Marie chick. But the way Ren is talking about June Marie and everything, it feels a little out of character just a little bit because she's so sure of herself all the time. But, but, But then like being perfect is like her goal in life. And if she thinks June can help her be even more perfect. Yeah. It's going to mean a lot to her, but it's just, it's just weird. It's just bizarre. Like, I mean, this is Ren. She's like the principal's assistant. I call her Vice Principal Ren Stevens because that's basically yeah, what she is. Yeah, she's basically, I mean, yet she's, she's like, oh, I need help doing all this stuff. I'm like, well, not really. Like, if anybody could do it, she could. Everything she does is like an unrealistic expectation for any person. Mm-hmm. Let me run over the things that June Marie, that she's, that Ren says June Marie does real quick. Okay. She's the captain of the debate team, the editor of the yearbook, and she's president of the chess club. <laughs> Wait, why does Ren say that like it's 
super impressive. Like his Ren on the chess team. I'm so. I was like, are they, wait, is, are those the only things she says? Yeah, those are three. Those are the three. Yeah. Wow, really impressive. <laughs> I feel like, like there should be at least three more things on that list <laughs> to make up for chess club. Yeah, I, I want to hear just like. 30 minutes of her just rattling off things that June Marie has accomplished. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, Ren, like, you're doing things that are better than that. (laughs) As you said that, like, that almost kind of feels like a plot hole. (laughs) That is so weird. So, uh, oh, and very important thing, too, we find out that June Marie is in geometry class Mm -hmm. in high school with Donnie. This is very important information. (laughs) I mean, I feel like she would be in, like, an honors geometry, though, or something. Yeah, I, I think Donnie is probably in, like... His remedial geometry. I'm geometry, sure. yeah, geometry for beginners. Yeah. yeah, she would be in like AP geometry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, I think this is Donnie's first like really strong episode. I think I really like Donnie in this one. Yeah, he's always pretty good. But I mean, like before this, he hasn't really had like a good shot. He hasn't really had like a good uh, like storyline, I guess. But this is like his first good one, I think. I know. I had said that it's a little scandalous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little scandalous, which makes it a, a little more yeah. interesting than usual, I think, for a season, early season one episode, I guess. But yeah, so it cuts from dinner back up to Lewis's room and like he's taking a break from reading the book I guess and he's like oh time to go watch this SNL tape and it's gone the tape is just missing and it's like all hell breaks loose like oh no what's happening so he runs down to dinner and uh, he starts interrogating the family which I really love this scene oh it's great I had written in my review that this scene goes on just a little too long really oh I love it Yeah, I don't know, but I know, but I do really love it. I think the best line here is, I'm not a detective, but I did watch 10 whole minutes of Nash Bridges once. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, so basically Lewis thinks that someone in the family stole his tape. And I love the way he describes it. You know, he's like, all right, who did it? Who did what, Lewis? So that's how it's going to be, huh? The old, oh, we have no idea what you're talking about routine. Lewis, we have no idea what you're talking about. As if you've never heard of a certain... 1995 Saturday Night Live tape featuring Mike Myers, which is now missing from my room. Give it a rest. Who's Mike Myers? I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know. And then, the, and I love how Steve Stevens, his dad, has no idea who Mike Myers is. It's so great the way that scene goes down. Like that—that's yeah. probably the best aspect of that scene is the family's reaction to Lewis freaking yeah. out about it. Because, it's awesome yeah. because it's like they are so done with his dramatics. Like when he talks about it, like of course we have Steve uh, saying, "Who's Mike Myers? I have no idea what you're talking about." Like you know. And then the more dramatic Lewis gets, you can just hear the family groaning in the background, like, "Oh my god!" Like I just. Yeah. It's it's just so funny to me. Oh, man. And I promise you, I'm going to catch whoever did this. Champ, maybe you misplaced it. Or is that what somebody wants me to think? Oh, my God. <sighs> uh, and also the fact that there is no laugh track helps moments like this so much oh, yeah. more. Like It makes kind of like those pauses even more like the comedic suspense, I guess. Yeah, so Lewis shuts the lights off and he wants whoever stole the tape to put it to the right of the mashed potatoes on the table. Uh, And he tries that like three times to no avail. Uh, And the family just sits there and keeps talking, uh, just acting like... In the dark. In the dark, (laughs) acting like nothing's happening. I mean, that scene, I mean, that's pretty much that scene. Mm -hmm. So later that night, June Marie comes over. And again, like Ren is practicing how she's going to greet June Marie in her mirror. And it's just really, really 
really kind of cringy. I'm like, Ren, like, calm down. It's super cringy. That's probably the worst part of the episode. Some of the things she says, like, what are you saying? And she says, like, six or seven different things. It is an honor to make an acquaintance with one so too formal. You are so rad. No. I look up to you, like, 24-7. That's not me. It? No. Hey, June Marie. No. Uh, it is an honor to make an acquaintance with one so accomplished as yourself. No. I am really glad that you could make it. Thanks. June Marie. Um, so it's really awkward because June Marie pops in. Thanks. I'm like, that's really creepy. June, June Marie is trash. No, she is. She's she's the literal definition of it. So she comes in Ren's room and she's like totally fake. Like you could tell right away. Like I kind of mm. pride myself on having good judgment. So like if I was Ren yeah. and I was Ren's friend and I was there, I'd be like, Ren, like, nah, nah. <laughs> like, like let, let this go. You know, so Ren is looking over the old uh, Lawrence Jr. High yearbook that uh, June Marie edited and you know she says all the things she did she basically did the entire yearbook herself and then June Marie is really really creepy she gives off really creepy vibes yeah like it almost seems like she's coming on to Ren yeah it's weird she's like crawling on Ren's bed towards <laughs> Ren and then like she walks and sits next to her and flips her hair slowly like off of her shoulder I'm like ooh, this is this is weird she's like can you just imagine what we could accomplish on the high school yearbook staff together <laughs> I'm like, this is getting creepy. Uh, she just has like a self-importance vibe to her. Like everything she says and thinks and does, like she feels is way more important than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's just super obnoxious. So they sort of start laughing because uh, June tells Ren, looking at you is like looking at a young me. So they start laughing and Lewis comes busting in. He's like, oh, laughter. I used to know laughter. About 90 minutes worth. Uh, and he's like talking about the VHS tape uh, kind of frames or not frames but uh tries to accuse june marie of stealing it which why would she do that <laughs> that might be my favorite part of the episode is just him accusing june marie of stealing his VHS like he's tape. never seen her before she's just suddenly in the house the tape went missing before her appearance and he's just like i have the right to question all the suspects you, you. <laughs> like, there's a great line here that i made a note of so like ren slams the door on him i guess he checks donnie's fish tank and you hear him yell it's not in donnie's fish tank who wants sushi i'm like (laughs) what and so basically lewis says that everyone's a suspect until he finds the tape so it cuts to school the next day, I believe, right? Yeah, so Lewis, it cuts to Lewis and Tawny, and he's, like, complaining to Tawny about the tape now. You know what? I wish you would take this more seriously. It's just a missing videotape. No! It's Saturday Night Live! This is a tape that made me want to be funny. I learned my funniest bit from this tape. The whiners! And I want my tape! Lewis, let it go. This whole detective thing isn't working out for me. And this is what I really liked when he was like, this is the tape that made me want to be funny. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. It's just kind of heartwarming as well, which is why I was like, yeah, this would probably work better after Steven's jeans. There's another little tidbit here. So he says that the Weiner sketch is on it. And Mike Myers on SNL in the 90s, but the Weiners was in like the early 80s, 80s, mid 80s. It wasn't even with Mike Myers, it was Joe Piscopo. You're saying all my trivia stuff before we get to the trivia section, Ethan. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, But it's okay. But, you know, and so doesn't Tawny just say, like, Lewis, get over it or something? Yeah, 
And then Tom makes an amazing appearance. appearance. This is his first appearance, is it? Technically, he was in the original pilot. Right. But we don't see that till the end of the season. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is his first like on-air appearance. Okay, so that's amazing because Tom is perfect. I love Tom. And he's great here because his first line is like the most (laughs) long and obnoxious, rambling, techie (laughs) sentence I have ever heard. And it's absolutely perfect. So he overhears everything and he's kind of coming on to Tawny a little bit, which we've seen oh, he yeah. does that in the original pilot so that's kind of funny mm-hmm. that they carried it over and we, we kind of at least the first couple of seasons we kind of see both tom and lewis competing for tawny's affection i think slightly slightly Tom's a little weirder about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tom basically uh, suggests that he should set up a surveillance system in Lewis's house to potentially catch the tape thief. And I love as well, so like Tom says that really long techie sentence and Lewis is just like, ah, oh, what the heck? We'll do it your way. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I just lend you my XL201 listening device and high frequency, the low contrast, fiber optic concealable surveillance camera with motion sensing activation. Always works for me. Oh, what the heck? We'll do it your way. After this, yeah. like, 20 paragraph sentence tech thing, he's just like, we'll just try that. He's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> no idea what you're saying, but let's try it. <laughs> yeah, so then it does a quick cut to Ren talking to her placeholder friend, Jewel, at lunch. It's her last appearance. Yeah, her last uh, appearance. Why do you think Jewel didn't work out? I'm curious. I really don't know. Like, I, like weird. I don't know. So they were they were just testing the waters with a few different yeah. things, I guess. I, was, I, she, I mean, Jewel's kind of the mo- more random one. I think it's because they just don't really have a ton of chemistry. I mean, mm-hmm. at least with Charlotte and Ren, they have more chemistry. But. Yeah. Jewel's like weird. And the way she talks too. Assistant yearbook editor. <laughs> like. Yeah. She, her voice is so cringy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Let's get her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Track her down and get her on. Yeah. And ask her why it didn't work out. Yeah. So she also, it's like everyone knows that June Marie is trash. Yeah. Somehow. And I don't even know if anyone knows who she is, but they all just somehow know that no good can come of what Ren is saying. I don't know. Well, they're kind of weirded out by the fact that Ren, it's so out of Ren's personality to idolize somebody this much. It's like a red flag almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Ren's telling Jewel like, oh, she said that I could be assistant yearbook editor and like all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, isn't Jewel the one she says, but Ren, you were going to do all that great stuff anyway. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but with Jude Marie's help, how can I fail? And they play like this like super like diminished or like dominant chord to really draw the point home that like, this is bad. With June Marie helping me, everyone in high school will already know who I am. How can I fail? And then Jewel makes a face. Yeah, she makes a face and you like you hear the chord. It's just letting you know that you know, nothing good is going to come of this. Then it cuts to the Stevens house later that day and Tom is setting up all of the surveillance equipment and it's amazing. He puts a secret little microphone on the back of a family picture frame and he says, This may look like an ordinary picture frame, right? Happy family on vacation. Lucy's flies open. What? No, no, it's not. And like, <laughs> Lewis is so nervous. He looks to Tawny. No, no, it's not. And Tawny just gives him this look. She like <laughs> raises her eyebrows like, yeah, okay. It's pretty great. And also, just to add to that uh, family picture that is in that frame, uh, recently Nick Spano posted a throwback picture on his Instagram and it was a behind the scenes picture 
from when that picture was taken. Oh, no way. It's like, it's pretty cool. I, I, uh, I gotta get on Instagram more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I regrammed it on the Even Stevens ranked account. Oh, was that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. It one. was like two or three months ago or something. But I thought that was really nice. And of course, I immediately knew it was from this picture. It was also the picture used. I, they had the website. It was the, yeah, it was the, it was a picture they used. But you used to be able to like check Lewis's email and like you literally could read emails that he sent to people. Wait, and, on like, that one? On like the fan yeah. run website? It was like the one through Disney Channel. Made it. Oh, because there's one that's evenstevensonline.com and it was a fan run. Oh, yeah. yeah. Website. That, no, was, but they used that picture, too. Yeah. I was referring the Disney Channel one also used that picture. Huh. That was an amazing website. Like you could literally like you could go in Lewis's room and then like go on his computer. It was super interactive. I definitely remember going on that at least one or two times because we had talked about this because I had said in one of my reviews, I don't remember which one, uh, but I had said that I wish they would have made like a lewisstevens.com or like something like that, yeah. like the way Nickelodeon had amandaplease.com. Yeah. And you had commented on the review and they were like, oh no, they did sort of have that on the website. You could read an email that he sent about or, like ordering a stack of staples, but he only <laughs> yeah, like, needed one about, staple what, or something. One of them, like, he, he like emails a staple company. He's like, yeah, I only wanted one staple, but I had to order this whole pack. Is it possible to just get one staple? <laughs> <laughs> There's like another email he sent that I, that I was, I can't remember what it is right now. But, but when you funny. said the staple thing, that definitely <laughs> rang multiple bells. I was like, I definitely remember reading that. But yeah, so Tom sets up this whole surveillance system. There's a pretty good line here. Uh, once he's done setting it up, he says, Hey, Tawny, you think maybe I could set up a surveillance system in your house sometime? And, you know, Lewis shuts that down right away. And he's just like, Tawny doesn't have a home. Oh. She lives on a bike. It's a long story. It's very tragic. I love that. It, it's it's just like how confident also Lewis is. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Tom has like that kind of unaware confidence. But Lewis is like, no, like Tawny's my woman. Yep. I think in his head, he's like, no, I know she likes me, but she just doesn't want to admit it yet. So don't worry about it. I got this Tawny. And he like takes care of it. And then he's like, pack it up. <laughs> just like <Yeah>. immediately. <laughs> also, when Tom says that one line about the uh, light switch, when he mm -hmm. says, we have a regular run of the mill light switch. Simple as that, right? I think not. For years. Like, I was obsessed with that line. I would always say, I think not like, I <laughs> about everything. Yeah. So basically, Lewis has this uh, surveillance system set up now, which he can monitor through a bank of TV, like old tube TVs in his yeah. closet. It looks cool. Oh, yeah, it definitely does look cool. It's very all black and white, though. All black cool. and white. Yeah, but it's very intense. And so he's spying on practically every room of the house every time he's in his room. That's what he's doing. So it cuts to June Marie uh, and Ren in the living room. June is quizzing Ren like hardcore about like stuff like about high school. And it's so extra. Mm. This stuff is not it's not that serious. You know, yeah. we don't even have to bother talking about mm. what they're actually mm -hmm. discussing. It's pointless. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Ren gets a phone call and Donnie comes in. He's like, oh, Ren, like you have a phone call, whatever. So she goes and takes the call, which leaves Donnie and June alone in the room together. And he's like, oh, hey, I hear we have geometry. And June is like purposely acting like totally disinterested. And it's obvious that she's acting disinterested. And he's like, oh, well, maybe I'll see you in class. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, OK, wow. Way to like overcompensate for trying to act like you don't care. Um. And so, yeah, so they have like this really short-lived, tiny, small talk conversation. Donnie leaves the room. As soon as Donnie leaves, 
June pulls out this super bulky Y2K cell phone. And I, in my review, I had said that she seems like a really rich snob. And then when mm. she pulled out a cell phone, I was like, I knew she was rich. Because who had a Back cell phone then, yeah. in like 2000? No high schooler in 2000 had a cell phone. And so she gets on the phone and she's like, oh my gosh. Oh my total gosh. You will never guess who I was fully and completely talking to just now. You're Donnie Stevens. Yes. My plan is working. If I hang out with his lame sister long enough, I know he'll ask me out. Assistant yearbook editor? As if. Thankfully, Lewis is watching all of this happen live in his room, and she admits to her friend on the phone that she's only tutoring or hanging out with Ren uh, to get closer to Donnie, and, you know, and she calls Ren lame, which is terrible. It's like really kind of gross and slimy, you know, oh, yeah. just thinking like how little June thinks of Ren and how much Ren thinks of June. It's just really, really sad, actually. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Lewis sees all of this happening on camera and he's like, oh, snap, like I got to try to warn Ren about this. And we mentioned this in the Stevens Jeans podcast. Basically, what happened in that episode was Ren was trying to tell Lewis that Larry Beal was up to no good and now lewis is trying to tell ren that june marie is up to no good but ren doesn't believe him and lewis didn't believe her last time it makes and- me more mad what june marie does for some reason mm-hmm. than what beale does i think it's just because i know beale and i know that he's just everyone knows that's how he is but june marie like people actually thought she was you know a reputable person yeah and then like she just kind of totally she's sneaky but like her whole personality is sneaky like, she's fake larry doesn't try to be sneaky he's just like very on on the nose a snake yeah mm-hmm. so lewis goes to ren it, it always bothered me too that he doesn't just come right out and say it yeah <laughs> like you know what i mean he's like so like like he could have just said like ren i've been spying on the whole family because i'm looking for this tape and i <laughs> I saw June Marie say this. I kid you not, Ren. I saw this on tape. Like, well, you have proof now, yeah. But it's like, it's not just a hunch. Like, he actually saw it with his own eyes. But, like, even then, yeah. like, Ren probably wouldn't believe him. But instead of just, like, coming out and saying something obvious, he says, Ren, I gotta tell you something about June Marie. She's not as cool as you think she is. June Marie happens to be the coolest person that I know. And nothing that you can say or do is gonna change that. Understood? Yeah, understood. Yeah, like, like, he's trying to, like, tell her without telling her. I don't know. It was very, like, a lot of times in these kind of episodes, like, they rely on lack of communication to kind right. of drive the, the plot more. Mm-hmm. But it was so annoying because he's like, June Marie isn't as cool as you think. And she's like, June Marie happens to be the coolest person <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's it's just one of those situations where it's like your sibling is trying to help you. And Lewis looks pretty sincere. Like, you can tell, you can always tell when Lewis, in his eyes, mm-hmm. like, when Lewis is being sincere or when he's being conniving. Yep. Well, you can just kind of tell, like his sister should be able to tell. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, she claims to know him so well all the time and, like, she yeah. can't tell when her brother is, like, actually coming to her with something serious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is good, though, because it cuts to another mirror talk. Yeah. We are four for four now. Four for four, yeah. These were so freaking consistent. And I, Eric Van Lowe just loved mirror talks. Yeah, again. but I, I'm not complaining. I love them. And this is a really, really good one. Yeah, this is a good one. Like, this one gets really deep. I'm like, wow, Lewis is, like, really going off on, on the mirror like he just really <laughs> lets it all out yeah so he's like i guess he came out of the shower or whatever he's in like the fogged up mirror brushing his hair and mm-hmm. uh in the bathroom and he's saying 
Funniest thing happened to me today. Wanted to tell my sister she's being taken for a ride. Problem is, sis isn't too used to me telling true stories. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm realizing that every time I try to do something nice with his family, nobody ever believes me. So now I gotta figure out how to tell her without telling her. The worst part is, I got a zip the size of a Volkswagen. Uh, yeah, so then there's like a good curveball joke at the end of this mirror talk because it gets really sappy. Like there's like emotional piano in the background and it's getting like really deep. And then they stop that before it becomes an over-emotional parody of itself sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So they cut it off. I got to zip the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> beep, beep. Like you hear the little beep, beep <laughs> in the background. And he proceeds to try to pop it. But it's so funny because you can't even see the There's zit. There's not like, a zit, yeah. It, it's, the zit is not there, but the joke is still funny. I almost wish they would have given him a zit. So then it cuts to school the next day and what I picked for my best quote is around here, so I'm not going to say it. So Lewis is trying, to, still trying to find a way. Uh, he always finds a way. He does always find a way. In our last recording, I had said that he needs to find a way into the talent show. Yeah. And I was like, well, there you go. That's how they got the title for that song. Like he always <laughs> is finding a way and he always no, does. It's the perfect song. For Lewis. I feel like I always find a way needs to be a sound bite now. I was gonna say that. Every time he needs to find a way, I have to cut to that. Yeah. Yep, that's that's it. That's a new uh that's a new sound bite right there. So he has to find a way uh to tell Ren without telling Ren, so like subtly get this across. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with an idea to write a fake love note to June Marie from Donnie to get her to come over to the house when Ren's not home to really yeah. try to catch June Marie in the act of being, you know, wanting to come on to Donnie and, you know, make this make this happen between them. Which is a good plan. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. So he writes the note, you know, that's like, oh, every time you come over I, I'm just trying to think of a way to ask you out. Come over to the house. I'll get rid of Ren. Love ya, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Love ya. And uh, that whole bit with Twitty there. Oh, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if any of those are your favorite lines. No, or not. I thought about the hot pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 so I thought about the hot pocket. Uh, no, I did too for a second. So. I love the way Tawny, like, I, they're, uh, the way Tawny says, just, like, randomly, I was online in a counterintelligence chat room. <laughs> like, okay, Tawny. She's like, I read about how the FBI or whatever can implant a microchip in your tooth and track your every movement. And Twitty starts, like, poking at his tooth. And he's like, well, it would explain how my mom knew I ate that extra Hot Pocket. <laughs> yeah. The way he says it, too. I just love how Twitty delivers lines. <laughs> yeah, so like, the good. way he pronounces things. Extra Hot Pocket. Like, yeah, he, like, like kind of, like, swallows the word almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, Extra Hot Pocket. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's weird. But yeah, it's true. It's like, uh, no, like maybe she would know when just the Hot Pocket is missing. <laughs> I don't think it needs the FBI involved to figure that one out. Uh, but yeah, so that's Lewis's idea, and it's a pretty great idea. One little thing that happens in between executing this plan is... Uh, this really hurts. Steve and Eileen. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So we find out that Steve and Eileen have taped over... Lewis's SNL tape. When Steve asked for a blank tape, I guess Lewis's SNL tape was lying around. Eileen gave it to Steve and he taped Meet the Press over it. And this hurts my soul every time now, especially in 2018, because Mm -hmm. 
there is no undo button when you're recording over a VHS tape. If you record over it, it is gone. And by the way, what Lewis should have done is there's a little tab on the tapes that you can like pull off so that you can't record over it. And right. that's how like the studios would do that when they'd release like, you know, their actual movies like Titanic or mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks for the shout out. Favorite movie of all time. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if Lewis had pulled that tab, they wouldn't have recorded over it with meet the press. Oh man. But that, I mean, that is heartbreaking every time that we find this out. Yeah, I know. It's pretty bad. But the funny little thing here is that Lewis is oblivious to the fact that the tape is under his nose Ah, the whole episode. Makes me anxious every time. So, like, he hears turkey. He's like, do I hear turkey? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And walks downstairs while Steve and Eileen are carving a turkey. And while he's walking downstairs is when they confess to taping over the tape. And then they hide the tape in the fridge, right? Yeah. So they hide the tape in the fridge and... Lewis totally misses the tape and I love the way it is great when he's like, nothing gets by me. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> as he takes a bite of his turkey sandwich. Oh, man. We're pretty much basically at the big climax ending yeah. now. Lewis's plan is being set in motion right now. Ren is heading off to the library to study because June Marie canceled and which I think is funny though because remember in the note it said that Donnie would get rid of Ren. Okay, so I, I thought about this Because it's always kind of bothered me. So I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. (laughs) So I think I figured it out. Lewis writes the note to June Marie. June Marie reads it and assumes Ren won't be there. Basically, fake Donnie implies to June Marie that she has to cancel on Ren. And then Lewis figures that obviously Donnie doesn't know the note's written. So Ren will actually still be there, which is what Lewis wants. Mm -hmm. It's confusing. It's a lot of implications, but I think that's what it is. Because like since in the note, he specifically said... That Donnie said, I'll get rid of Ren. Yeah, that's so Jean Marie will expect Ren not to be there. Like, so Jean Marie doesn't know Ren's there still. Yeah, but then it's like, why would she call to cancel oh, yeah. if Donnie said he'll get rid of Ren? That's a good point. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but well, because if they have like a scheduled meeting time, then she'd have to cancel. Or else she cancels, but then like Ren would still be there at home. I don't know. This is giving me a headache right now. Wow. This is like the most I've I've thought all day today. Wow. Okay. Moving on from that. But, you know, um, <laughs> we we try way too hard to make sense of some of this stuff. This is like harder than I, I worked to calculate how many minutes he needed for the talent show. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a plot hole, in my opinion, then. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what this, this show's about, is us trying to figure out the plot holes, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, Ren's getting ready to leave to go to the library while June Marie is pulling up in her car at the same time. And so Lewis has to try to figure out a way to get Ren, like, up to his room to watch the live-streamed footage, basically, of June Marie being a snake. First of all, this is another thing where, why does it take June Marie so freaking long to get to the front door? Like, like... <laughs> This takes a long time. So June Marie pulls up in the car. Ren's about to go to the front door. Like she's at the front door ready to leave. Lewis stands in front of the front door, like stalls for at least like two minutes or something, trying to tell Ren like, no, don't go out. Like, and then he takes like a really sincere turn where he's like, Mm -hmm. you're everything I need in a mentor, Ren. I need you to mentor me with life. Like, I'm just like, what? It could have been so corny too that line, but just the way Shia delivers it is really good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what prevents 
even Stevens from actually having really a lot of corny moments is just because the acting is so good. No, oh, yeah. In any other show, it would have been like, ah, that's super corny. But mm-hmm. like, it was so, like, I didn't even think about it. I do think about it only because Lewis is saying it to get Ren to go where yeah, he wants yeah, her yeah. to go. So, it, like, in that case, I'm like, okay, Lewis, you're pushing it. But I think what he said in his mind was true, though. Like, I think he really does think that Ren's like the smartest person he knows. And that's why. And, like, I think that's cool that that still came out. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just, yeah. like, goes to show that he thinks, like, highly of Ren, actually. You yeah. Know? I think yeah, that was cool. that was nice. She melts because of that. You know, she's like, well, when you put it that way, little bro, I guess I'll help you. Um, so he's happy. So he gets her to go up to his room. I love as well how he's like, I can't hear it or whatever. And he puts the headphones on. <laughs> he puts headphones and, on. And she's like, we can't listen to music if, if we're studying. Because forgot to say, Lewis is asking for her help with some homework, history, history yeah, something like that. History, right? So that's what she's thinking she's supposed to be helping him with. And so he's putting on the headphones to listen to what's going on. He's like, I can't hear anything. And so he's like, hang on, I got, I got to go uh, get my notebook, right? And so he goes yeah. downstairs puts the picture frame right in front, uh, smack dab in front <laughs> of Donnie and June uh, sitting on the couch on the um, coffee table. And his excuse is that he, his mom wanted him to earthquake-proof the house. <laughs> Earthquake-proofing the house means putting this one picture, <laughs> picture frame, frame. <laughs> on this table. I love Lewis's, throughout this series, just Lewis's, like, excuses for things. Yep. <laughs> it's just classic. I've actually been trying to make a video compilation of Lewis Stevens excuses because <laughs> oh, oh, uh, there's, so there's so many because yeah when that you know high ranking Richter scale <laughs> earthquake hits they'll be safe because of that picture frame, that picture frame. Uh, so he fixes it you know the microphone on the picture frame is can be heard so Lewis comes back up to her, to his room. Ren's thinking that, you know, he's just wasting her time after all, you know. But then he presses the little remote that opens the giant monitor bank of all these TVs. And Ren's just like, whoa. June Marie, the live stream is very convenient at the moment. Uh, it's the exact moment that she's curling up to Donnie. She's telling him, I'm so glad we got together, which by the way, presumptuous. Um, <laughs> yeah. She is like crawling on top of Donnie. Donnie yeah. is giving nothing back to her. <laughs> like he is just sitting Donnie there. Like he is like, what is going on? <laughs> He's just in a very uncomfortable position. Yeah, so Ren overhears this whole thing and sees it with her own eyes. June Marie just saying, you know, I only became Ren's mentor to get to know you better and blah, blah, blah. And that is enough for Ren. She's heard enough. She marches downstairs. And this is probably one of my favorite moments. This is a really awesome Ren moment. It's like really empowering. She's just awesome here. And I love the way Lewis also tells her. Like he's like, you don't need her. You're Ren Stevens. You're the Ren Stevens. Stevens. (laughs) And so, but Ren had already peaced out. She's running downstairs to call June Marie out. And I love when she, like the first thing she says, oh, June Marie, what a surprise. (laughs) You know, uh, Donnie, why don't you uh, leave us uh, here for a minute? So Donnie has a great line. He's like, you know what? I have no idea what's going on here. I'm going to go in the kitchen where the world makes sense. I just love when he says, I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, because he doesn't. He's he's just caught in the middle of it, which is also like a little, some great miscommunication. I love when yeah. TV shows can ramp up mis- miscommunication in a clever way. and Yeah, and make it seem realistic. Like, yeah, this is a good one. But yeah, so Ren basically tells June Marie off. Yeah, it's awesome. I just love how condescending Ren is this whole time. Like, it's amazing. So, your mom made a full recovery. Wow. 
You know, 20 minutes? <laughs> That's a pretty quick cure for malaria. Modern medicine. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard everything you said, Donnie, who barely knows or cares who you are. I don't know what you're talking about. Save it. I'm on to your little scheme, June Marie. Well, I've got news for you, little Miss Pretentious. I can get that job on the yearbook without your help. I cannot believe that I ever looked up to you. You know, the only thing that you could possibly teach me is is how not to act when I get to high school. Uh, it's really, really good. And Lewis is up watching the whole thing just like, yes, like you go, Ren. Maybe this was the episode. I know we talked about how Ren, you know, it doesn't make sense because she's so confident already and all this stuff. But maybe this was the episode that like where she gains her confidence. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't need her. I can do this all myself. And that's when we see the Ren Stevens for the rest of the series. Right. Because again, because we're we approach this show like already knowing the ins and outs of it. So like yeah. we're already thinking in terms of Ren down the line. But yeah, this might very well be like the moment that she really gained a lot of confidence in herself. Who knows? But no, yeah, it's just a really great moment. I really love it. That might be one of my favorite Ren bits, probably. Really good. And so Lewis goes running downstairs and he's like, ah, man, I just heard everything. Like, that was so good. You really gave it to her, Ren. Like, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And of course, Ren is like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, oh, I did try to tell you. (laughs) Like, you know, she's like, (laughs) she's like, "Uh, well, next time I'll believe you. And I'm like, okay. And so then they have that really nice moment at the end, which I know... Uh, Matt Dearborn said that there wasn't a lot of ad-libbing, but I totally think this whole ending scene between them is ad-libbed. Especially because, like, just the way Lewis is saying things. Yep. And, like, Ren is kind of breaking character a little mm-hmm. bit and laughing. And then even, like, Shia is a little breaking character. And, like, he says the thing about the shaving cream Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. That's totally <laughs> ad-libbed. ad-libbed. Come yeah. on. At least uh, maybe initially it wasn't, but, like, the stuff towards the end was ad-libbed. I mm-hmm. got it. It's, I'm almost confident. Basically what we're talking about is, like, a little, like thing breaks out between Lewis and Rand and he's like remember that time when you found your underwear in the freezer and you thought it was me remember that that was mom oh I don't believe you yeah it was mom yeah and the time with the balloons uh huh that wasn't me either oh really yeah it was not me really with the balloons (laughs) I'm not listening to you at the time at the zoo that wasn't me either at the zoo that wasn't me And I like how he references the mom putting something in the freezer because she also put his tape in the fridge. Fridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it could have been mom. <laughs> yeah. Very well could have been mom. Um, but yeah, so like this just like this little cute little argument sort of thing mm-hmm. as, as really it good. fades out and it's really adorable. And so that's basically the end of the actual episode. Then it comes back for the final minute bit and uh, it's really, really painful. The tape is still in the fr- in the fridge and Lewis goes to get a cherry cola. The tape is right in front of his freaking right. face. It's right next to the the soda. And he's just, he's looking all around the fridge. Uh, he's like, he's still saying like, nothing gets past me, blah, blah, blah. And the parents are literally sweating, being like, oh my God, he's going to see it. And uh, he doesn't. And he walks away. It hurts my soul every time Eileen takes the tape out of the fridge and tells Steve, burn it. Burn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Why they left it in the fridge for that long in the first place. I know, but yeah. The part that's frustrating is they almost told, they were talking about telling Lewis. They're yeah. like, no, we got to tell him. And then they go from almost telling him to burning it. Like, ah. <laughs> I know. I think maybe at least telling him would maybe be a little better because the episode ends with Lewis going back up and sitting in front of the bank of TV monitors. And he says, it's just a matter of time, people. Pops off the cork of the drink. 
And the episode cuts to black. And now he's wasting so much extra time. Yep. Maybe he'll see them burning the tape, though. That's what I'm hoping. And because in my notes, I said, whatever happened to it? I know, like, they burn it. But, like, for Lewis, like, that could have been a running gag of, like, still trying to find the tape. Like- <laughs> every Every episode. The rest of the series, he's still trying to find the tape. Yeah, they just like make a reference. It's like, oh, let's go to the basement. Hey, maybe I'll find my SNL tape. That's like some How I Met Your Mother thing. (laughs) That could have been good. I also want to point out, this is also interesting. Again, I think our Matt Dearborn interview was very helpful because when he said, when I had asked him if he ever wanted to be a comedian, and he said Mm. that he had like an entire library of comedian recordings and all that stuff i was like well that is totally lewis and his vhs tape wall of all of his uh comedy stuff so bam right there that's like straight out of matt dearborn's life right there i think i had so many vhs tape recordings of even stevens and other stuff like letterman i used to record a lot of stuff i still have all those tapes Mm -hmm. i watched i watched a couple of them recently i found a vhs tape of mine with the kiss taped on it recently oh nice it's awesome has all the commercials and stuff. Oh, God. Oh, it's so much fun. Love the commercials. It's so great yeah. to look back on. So, yeah, so that is the episode. I think we made it through that whole thing in under an hour or just about an hour. So, I think that's yeah, yeah. kind of good. So, let's try to just wrap up these last few segments here. I have, I guess, an email that I should read first. This is fun. I got this email back in September, but I've been saving it for this episode because it's related to the episode. It's from a girl named Natalie Hernandez. The subject is, I might have a false memory of an even Steven scene, question mark, question mark, question mark. So just like a few things are just like lingering in her memory and she's not sure if she's remembering things correctly. And one of the things she was wondering is she says, I think there's an episode or a scene about Twitty and Lewis selling cameras or doing something with setting up in-home cameras. And I think Twitty and Lewis have given up on their project involving installing cameras. So Lewis asks Tawny, Tawny, do you need any cameras in your home? And Twitty says, Tawny doesn't live in a home. She lives on a bike. She goes, then, then again, it might be Tawny who tells Lewis, I live on a bike. Lewis and Twitty are just so crushed about not being able to set up cameras or something. And they're all sitting together in the living room on couches. This is like the equivalent of when you, you have a dream about your house yep. and your house is like laid out super weird. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's like what this is right now. I don't, I mean, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's, it's, it's just really funny. Oh man, I'm like crying. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what she says. But she's right, though, about the couches and in the living room. Oh, man. And then she goes, is this real? Is this from an actual scene? Or have I just lived with this false memory forever? She kind of included bits of uh, of the of deep chocolate in there, too, I think, with the selling. True. And then probably Secret World of Girls as well with the setting up cameras. And I don't oh, know. They, oh, you're right. Yeah, I think it is. It's both of them. Twitty was involved with that setup, but he wasn't here. Yeah, it's so like an amalgamation of yeah. uh, both. Yeah, so she was like, if it's fake, then that's fine. <laughs> um, but I wrote back and I was like, I'm happy to inform you that your memory is correct. <laughs> I was like, you got some of the details a little fuzzy, which is understandable. And then I told her that it's from this episode and filled her in on all the details and everything. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting that that stood out in her memory because we all remember such random things from our childhood. Um, yeah. And we'll remember one thing super clearly. Like she remembered the bike line really clearly, mm. but everything around it, not, <laughs> you know. 
know. I'm I'm curious to see like how she was and maybe she watched it or something like um, that. She said she used to watch Disney Channel obsessively when she was seven years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was. it was 14 years ago and she's only 21 now. Yeah. So she's also younger than yeah, us. So that was really early, yeah. So yeah, I mean, when you're seven, you're not remember. I mean, I watched this when I was 12. That's a big difference as far as like recollecting. Mm-hmm. So we had that email that I really wanted to share because I thought that was great. Uh, I'm so glad and you shared And the most that. specific thing related to this episode. Uh, thank you, Natalie. That was amazing. Um, I want to introduce a new segment here that I'm really excited about. I've mentioned my mom a bunch of times on this podcast already. We're super close. You know, we have almost everything in common. She knows everything that I'm into. She's super familiar with Even Stevens. And pretty much every night or, you know, the week that we record these podcasts, I rewatch the episode again with my mom. I have her as a second opinion. And last night was no different. And then afterwards, as soon as the episode ended, she just started telling me her thoughts. And I was like, wait a minute, mom, wait, I got an idea. I whipped out her cell phone and I was like, here, say it into a voice memo and I'll use it on the podcast. So this is a new segment called Mom's Thoughts with Jeannie Butler. Nice. Basically, this is a new segment called Mom's Thoughts. And my mom (laughs) has an incredibly thick Boston accent. She tries to hold it back, though. When she knows she's being recorded, she tries to hold it back. And this is what my mom had to say about this episode. Hey, it's Jeannie. I liked this one. It was it was it was cool. It just felt a little empty for some reason and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it was. It just felt a little um like kind of empty and, and slow. Maybe cuz I didn't have as much Twitty and Tawny and I love Tom, by the way. Tom was great in this and he had some good little singers. I liked uh I love Donnie. I always loved Donnie. I liked the Ren and Lewis dynamic. I thought that was cool and you can see that they really do have a friendship there. So I liked that it showed that. And um and I and I liked the way at the end when Ren ran down into the living room and just put her in her place. And Lewis is up there going, Yes. And he was genuinely proud of her and like psyched that she stood up for herself and and that was really good. So overall, um, yeah, I would say it's good. It's it's probably not in my top ten, but it's still a solid episode. <laughs> oh gosh! I want to get your mom's top ten list. At least, like, at least <laughs> yeah. a top ten. I just want to. I want her to make a list. When she said that, I was like, "Do you have a top ten, mom? Yeah, is, is this like, new information? Like, do we need to get you on this podcast?" Yeah. Now I'm super curious. She can be one of our guests, and she can talk about her top ten. Oh, because I definitely I know what her two favorite episodes are. So when we get to those, I definitely want to have her come okay. on as a guest. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. But that was mom's thoughts with Jeannie Butler. I like it. Uh, I like the it. newest segment, and I agree, I agree with a lot of what she said about it being like a little slow and oh yeah um that's why i kind of like to get her second opinion because i'm like am i the only one feeling that way and she felt that mm-hmm. way too so i was like okay okay so moving on to another little segment one of my favorites we have some trivia is it true did you know that for your information is it true that what does that mean all right so here we go this is a little piece of trivia that i came up with myself that's very suspicious to me. There's a line early on in the episode uh, during the dinner scene. Ren is getting really frustrated by Lewis's dramatics with trying to interrogate the family, you know, trying to figure out where the tape is. So she says, Mother, may I please have permission to FedEx Lewis to Timbuktu before June Marie gets here? Absolutely not. UPS is so much cheaper. 
And not only am I wondering if UPS is actually cheaper or not, <laughs> my trivia is that in reruns of this episode, this scene is completely cut out. The whole scene? Just that line though. Oh. Really, really, really weird. That's some like advertisement. Exactly. Like, oh man, that's crazy. I guess they couldn't say <laughs> FedEx and UPS anymore. So they just said, we can't use that whole line anymore. We just have to cut the scene out. Uh, that's trash. I hate stuff like that. And I didn't even notice this until I caught a rerun of it not too long ago. It was like last year or the year before. Freeform was randomly airing it. Uh, weird. And so they, they aired it and that scene was missing. And I was like, that's really weird. And I obviously, my mind right away uh, went to the fact that it must have been a copyright thing. Probably FedEx just got mad. <laughs> the director... Was this a was this a DCOM Princess Protection Program? Yep. Yeah, she directed that. That was a little. I've seen it actually because my wife's a big Demi Lovato fan. Oh, okay. I've seen the movie, but I she directed that movie as well. That's good to know because that's like a pretty. Well, I mean, it's recent in my memory, but it's already old Disney to some kids oh, yeah. today. That was from like two thousand nine or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is that on the actual VHS tape, uh, Mike Myers is spelled incorrectly. Yep. <laughs> it's spelled M E Y E R S. Yeah, but Mike Myers, the comedian, is M Y E R S. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, and I doubt Lewis would spell that incorrectly, but maybe he would. <laughs> maybe he would label it incorrectly. And Mike Myers was only on two episodes in 1995 on SNL. It had to have been either a January, two episodes in January, like January 14th or January 21st yep. episodes. I had that written like that. down as well. And then basically just pop culture. There's a few different things. I mean, we have SNL, Nash Bridges, Mike Myers, and Meet the Press. All mm. uh, real life things mentioned in this episode. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think that's all the trivia I have. Do you have anything else? That's yeah, that's all I got too. Okay. So now, I guess, do you have a YouTube comment you wanted to read? Yeah. <laughs> it might be the same one I found. You, you go first then. Or I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, you do it. I, I, it's probably not the same one because mine was just kind of silly. It just says bad, so bad. Yep, that's mine. With nine poop emojis. Yep. Two angry face emojis, two more poop emojis, yep. one angry face emoji, three more poop emojis, <laughs> eight angry faces, eight sad faces with steam coming out of their mouth, and 15 thumbs down emojis. <laughs> <laughs> they really hated this episode or they hated the quality of the video because it was one of those like slow motion yep, YouTube yep. videos mm -hmm. where it was like oh man and then so our final 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 segment I guess while we still have time here real quick best quote what are our best quotes here? Why don't right, you go first for this one? No. Oh, yeah. You went yeah, first yeah. last time. So I guess I'll go first. All right. I had a really, really, really hard time again with you saying you want the best quote to be the one that made you laugh the most. This is really the only thing I really, really laughed at rewatching mm. it. And again, it's kind of subtle. It's Twitty. They come off the school bus to school the next day after Lewis decides that he has to find a way to get Ren to know what June Marie said about, you know, how she's basically using Ren. And so Twitty's idea, he says, If only we had a time machine, we could go back to when June Marie said it, tape her, come back to the present, and bam! Oh, that's practical. <laughs> that has to be my favorite. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's practical. I, I really laughed when Tawny said that. I really love Tawny. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like it. I have one that I just I just like it. And then another one that made me laugh more. But it, it was a quote, but it was just like a reaction. I don't know. I think I'll go with, with that one maybe. Okay. So it's when Eileen calls Lewis down for dinner and he says, Yo, I'm uh, going to finish cleaning my room. 
cleaning your room? Because <laughs> I don't know. That makes me laugh so hard every time. And then the other one was when uh, Ren says to Donnie, I told you to hold my calls. And then Donnie says, she is on hold. Duh. <laughs> Gotta love Donnie. Yeah. I mean, I think that's everything. We didn't do MVP, but. I said mine is Lewis, obviously. But then I said Donnie's good too, or Tom for installing yeah. the cameras. Yeah, I, I put Donnie and Tom are my favorite non-Lewis MVP. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One little thing I just want to add. Halloween was yesterday. Yeah. If you guys don't follow the Even Stevens Ranked social accounts, you got to get on that because I went as Lewis Stevens for Halloween. I had presented that idea in one of our past episodes. I put a poll on Twitter. Everyone voted I sh- that I should do it. So I did it. And I think it turned out really awesome. I'm really proud of it. I posted pictures of it and I made some homemade quasis and it's Mm -hmm. I'm very proud and so you guys should check that out if you want to see it and yeah I mean that segues into uh finishing you know wrapping this thing up so thank you guys for listening even Stevens ranked on all of the socials Facebook Twitter Instagram uh and of course Tumblr yeah I mean I think that's about it remember the mailbox is also always open even stevensranked at gmail.com send us whatever you want whenever you want and we'll talk about it and yeah we will see you guys in the next episode see ya see ya